Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Welcome back. Uh, this is Sharvin Witted, the marketing director for Rick Witted, along with Christian Witted, the technical Hello. guru. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of taking over the show a little bit for this month. Uh, we're doing a countdown of the top 15 most downloaded shows. Uh, we've counted all the way down to number nine right now. So we're going to keep it going. This is episode 33, interview with Walter Price, how to stay relevant in a changing workplace. One guest on the show not too long ago, uh, he, he, he just made a very strong statement, and maybe you can speak to this. He said, always choose the path, not the pay. And if you cho- and I think you spoke to this kind of early on. If, if you choose the path um, and you're aligning to what you value the most, the most, then I think at the end of the day, you will rise to where you want to be. And I, I'm an example of that. Um, you know, I, I found a, a path that I thought was um, the right path for me. Um, and at the end of the day, it was a slower rise for me, but it was a very steady rise. And guess what? You know, the money, um, the responsibility, the, the span of control, the scope, those things came later. Um, but it was because I chased the path and not the pay. Um, I don't know what you would add, but it sounds like your 21 years uh, have been uh, a similar story. You know, there's, there's two. It, it has been. Um, it had nothing to do with the pay because I was making the same money. I started off making pretty much the same money that I was making when I left the chemical company to come over to the insurance industry and but they showed me a path whereas the, the chemical company didn't you know I was working a job and, and the guy that had been there 12 years ahead of me you know he was still kind of stuck doing the same thing and it was it had gotten grown a little bit mundane there was no variety that he did and um and you didn't get the pay, you know. So I'm just like, okay, it, 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 you're right. It cannot be the pay. It has to be the path. There's, there's two sayings that I really love. And one of the sayings is, it says, labor not to be rich. And uh, then there's another saying that says, those who will be rich, who would be rich, they fall into a temptation and a snare that drown them in their tradition. And so in other words, when you start chasing dollars, um, you will stop at nothing to get dollars. And, and it's just a matter of time before you end up in a world 
a compromise or a dead end jobs. Um, but there's a, the, the, the final saying that I really love, it says, the gift will make room for you. If you go into a place and you have a good, strong work ethic, it doesn't matter if you're a maid. It's just a matter of time before you're going to be a manager. Uh, because you have good work ethic and wherever you are, if you are gifted, that gift is going to pay away for you. And that's why you choose. And I love what you said, actually. You said you choose the path, not the pay. Because the money is going to come if you're good. Um, that, that's just what I think. So, you know, one of the things that Walter said that stuck with me, the string of the three quotes that he said, mm-hmm. the first one was labor not to be rich. The second was, those who would be rich, they fall into a temptation and a snare that drowns them. And then finally, your gift will make room for you. Yeah. And as I go through those quotes, it, it kind of hit me that it's, it's not so much saying that, okay, so if you become rich, everything's just going to go horribly for you. And I don't think that's it. I think what he was saying was that if all you do is chase what looks like more money, then you'll never really be able to move up. Yeah, I'd say it's it's sort of an illusion uh, to think that, you know, just seeing the money, seeing the dollar sign, that grasping that in your hands, obtaining that is going to equal happiness. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's the case, and I think Walter hits it spot on. Um, it's and, and Rick as well, you know, it's the path over the pay. I mean, yes. the path is what's tied to your passion, and the pay will come with that in time. Just focus on the passion, and the more passionate you are, that's when actually people will see that and the gifts will come to you. Uh, so it's a focus thing. It's focusing on the work, the task at hand, and not necessarily the prize that you see at the end, which in some cases, unfortunately, is money. It shouldn't be that at all. And it's kind of like if you think of uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, both of them started out in garages. Yeah. And they created corporate empires. Absolutely. You know? And it was because people saw, like you said, people saw their passion, their gifts made room for them, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's not a bad thing to want to have money. But if that's your only prerogative, then you are going to end up stumbling over that. Right. And and make no mistake, you know, money is necessary. Oh, yes. But it should not be you know, the the prize, the, you know, the big goal that you should only set for. You should have more in store, more in mind uh, than that. And that's where your passion comes into play. That's that's the fuel. The money yeah. isn't going to fuel you. The passion is what should truly fuel you on, yeah, your, the, on your path. Yeah, the money's the reward for the passion. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, moving on to the next show here. We have ranked at number eight. Episode 36, and this was just Rick Witted giving us his uh, take on how to handle not getting the job. And it got down to the end, and I didn't get it. So kept a great attitude. You know, I didn't slack off, and I kept at it. I, I remember kind of getting to the end and thinking, okay, I might get this job. I think I have a strong shot at it. And uh, it didn't work out. I didn't get the job. I was a little, um, I was a little bothered. You know, uh, it felt like I wasn't supported as much as I could have been. And I remember that boss, uh, that would be my future boss, coming to me and saying, "I heard you were a little disappointed, but you know, anything you want to talk about, I want to just really talk through my decisions." And 
You know, I said, no, you know, I, I just want to hear what are some of the things that I can do to prove to you on the next go around, the next opportunity that you probably should have hired me the first, first go around. And so he shared those things with me. And I said, you know, I, thanks for that. I, I'm going to work on those things. And he gave me some very specific things that, that he wanted to see accomplished for whenever the next opportunity came up. And so I, I threw myself into those things and guess what happened? I got better at my current job. And wouldn't you know, about six months later, um, they expanded a role and another opportunity came up and I interviewed for it again. A long story short, I got that job and that person became boss and a mentor for me. One of the things that he said really stood out to him was I left with a plan of action. He gave me some specific things to do. And he said, hey, Rick, you hit this, this, this and this. So you made it very difficult for me to ignore you. So that's my personal experience. And I got to tell you, it was tough. It was gut-wrenching not to get it the first time, particularly being a strong candidate. And I, I honestly thought I had it, but I didn't get it. The attitude that I had and the things that I did and the effort I made after that prepared me for when the next opportunity came up to look really good in the eyes of of that manager. Uh, so a couple important things I want to leave with you that I think are really, really crucial here. One is the most important interview you will ever have in your career occurs after the no. Say that again. The most important interview you will ever have in your career occurs after the no. So that, that may sound odd uh, because you're not going to be sitting at a table and physically being interviewed, but know this, everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. How are you going to handle this? Everybody's watching the level of maturity and engagement um, that you have as it relates to the company, your job, coworkers, everybody's watching. And so this will say more about you know, your ability to handle the tough stuff and the quality of candidate you really are, how you, you know, how you handle this after the no. So as you just heard from Rick, there can be disappointment in not getting that job. You know, you've tailored your resume, you've ironed your clothes, you've, you've, you've practiced your spiel. Uh, you go through all the, the motions and then it's, you know, it kind of falls on its head. You give it to someone else. What do you do? Well, you, you realign yourself. You refocus yourself. I mean, I think that's the steadfastness that, that's needed to carry on. And then, as Rick even said, you know, ask, ask the interviewer, you know, if you can get back in touch with them. Hey, what was it about me that I need to improve on? So, yes. you know, at the next job or if another position in the same company becomes available, you know, I'm the guy that you want. I'm the one that you look at and say, hey, yeah, we should have hired him the first time. But you know what? We got it right this time. So it's. There's a steadfastness to it, um, but don't rest too long, you know, in the sad waters of disappointment. Yeah, you yeah. know, you have to keep keep moving, keep focusing, and just uh, keep pushing toward what it is you want, and then that disappointment won't sit there for long. Yeah, and like my dad said, when he talked to the interviewer, he said one of the big things that stood out to him is he left with a plan. Yeah. He probably felt bad. I mean, not getting that job that you thought you were going to get, that's hard to take. But like he said... 
how you take that interview can really shape how they look at you. Because oh, yeah. if you don't get that job, but the first thing you do is you come back and say, how can I do it? They're thinking, okay, when he gets a problem in the workplace, he's not going to break down. Right. He's going to get that problem and he's going to go, okay, we might not have made it here, but what can we do to prevent that yeah. later on? You know, And that'll really separate you from the rest of the competition. Absolutely. You know? So, all righty. And last but definitely not least, we have Rank 7, Episode 2. And this was actually one of our Flies on the Wall segment for our first interview, the very first show, with Jeff Green. So I'm going to be brave, though. We're going to jump into the water. So, so Kay Elise, you've been listening to the show on self-entitlement, the silent killer in the workforce. Shoot it at us. Well, we had talked a little bit before about loyalty mm-hmm. and sort of when you're pursuing a non a career path in a non-traditional manner, mm-hmm. I didn't take the pre-med route. I went with a soft science versus one of a biology or microbio sort of major. What is your advice on pursuing such a non-traditional path but remaining loyal in the different places of employment? Interesting question. It sounds so like a Jeff question. Well, Rick, I think there is so much to be said about loyalty that one has to realize that that is one of those behaviors Mm -hmm. that one must have in your workplace. A small business owner, an executive, a supervisor is looking for where do you put your desires? What type of commitment are you making to the organization? So I think Kaylee hits on a great question in terms of you know, I'm not doing this for a lifetime. I'm just doing this to pay bills or I'm doing this for a point in my career, but I'm looking to move on to much higher places. So how do I, how do I stay loyal? Yeah. And that's, you know, that is very much so, again, to how well have you communicated with your supervisor? Right. How have you made that relationship work and be able to be honest and forthright? Because there may be some opportunities that they want you to pursue and they can help sell your stock to your next employer because they know that what they're doing for you is helping them. Absolutely. You know, Kaylee, I'd add to that. So when I think of loyalty, it's not just time at an organization. I think it's, it's what you did when you were there and how you did it. So you may be on a path that's non-traditional because you sound like someone that knows exactly where they want to end up. And it, it, it also sounds like you've already predetermined what those chess moves are and how to kind of play it out. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong here. I don't want to speak for you. No, absolutely. Yeah, I thought so. And so <laughs> you're thinking, you know, I got to do this for a few years to get this level of depth in my skill set. Then I need to do this. And then I need to do this so that where I want to be, I can draw from all of those things. And listen, I think that's fine. I think if you're going to go down that path, have a plan. And know that when I move, I'm moving to somewhere. In, in, in my profession, I do a lot of training uh, and uh, workshops. And so one of the things that I learned from one of our trainers that were training the trainers was when you move, move with a purpose. You ever seen someone teaching and they're like all back and forth or swaying, looks like they're about to pass out or something. And he would say, no, 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 stop. When you move, move with a purpose. And so it sounds like you're doing that. And so for, for our listeners out there, if, if, if you're going to be moving from one place to the next, that's okay if there's a purpose to it. And the purpose is to develop a skill set to take you from one place to, to the other. So when Kay Elise asked her question, she was just asking, 
her herself pursuing a non-traditional career path. She didn't want to move up in just one corporation for the full 40 years. She wanted to make some lateral moves. She wanted to get some experience from here so she could go over here. But the big question is that is, well, how do I show that I'm loyal to the corporation and not just job hopping? And like my dad said, loyalty is not so much time, but attitude and action. You know, if if you did the best that you possibly could there and, you know, you always had that good attitude, even when things were bad and you only did what could help you and the corporation or you and wherever you're working, then that's loyalty. Yeah. Because, that, that's the behavior. Yeah, yeah. That's the behavior that they want to see. And that's the behavior you should strive to have. And like you're saying, if you're going to move, you do want to move with a purpose. Yes. So I, I'm saying to myself and I'm certain in the fact that, you know, I've been at this job for X amount of time. I've gotten everything that I can get from my coworkers, from my boss, from this environment. It's time for me to to try something else to if that's a lateral move or not but it's time for me to go to the next step and that's when it, it makes more sense to move when you when you're certain that you've you've gotten everything you can from this exactly. position exactly yeah. and it's it's always that learning process you know when you're moving with the purpose you don't want to move too early you don't want to move too late and so really maximize the time while you're there and if you're maximizing your time while you're there learning and sharing what you know and just that attitude and that action coming together and working coherently, then, you know, when you leave, when you have to leave or when you need to leave, they'll understand that, mm-hmm. you know, they'll understand that they're going on to what's next. And the key there, like my dad was telling Kaylise, is that she had a plan. Yeah. She knew where she wanted to be. And she understood that the way she was doing it non-traditionally, that she was going to have to go A- C, E instead of A, B, C, you know? And so that plan and maximizing your time is really the biggest thing that you need to take. Yeah, and that actually ties into uh, one of the most recent uh, podcasts where we spoke about engagement. Um, So what I would challenge all of our listeners to do is is to kind of check your engagement at your current job. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, how are you feeling about working there? If you're feeling flat, you know, tired, bored, you know, if you're kind of half in it the whole time, yeah, you're going to automatically feel like, well, it's time for me to go. But challenge yourself to see how much, if you engaged yourself 30% more, 40% more, 50% more, what else is there from this current position that I'm in that I can draw from, that I can gain experience from, that I can get knowledge from? And I'm, I'm quite certain there's something there. So oh, check yeah. your engagement. Definitely, definitely. Well, looks like we're at the end of this episode. So we want to thank you for sticking with us again throughout this past season. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want any more information or if you just want to get involved with us, check us out at facebook.com slash rawitted. Tweet us at rawitted. And as always, email us your questions or anything that we can help you with. Thank you for your time, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the day.